Do you want to get cognitive dissonance streamed to your iPhone or BlackBerry? If so, download Stitcher free today at Stitcher.com. Church bells ring, I was listening. From the mound came a sermon. He called out to me, asked if I was sin free, and now I'm walking to a dirty glory hole. In the city I can find a bathroom and intend to use its glory hole. I pray, would you like to stand or kneel, man? He said, on your knees is how to save your soul. Later on, I'll perspire as I laugh about hellfire. And he said, don't be afraid because the eggnog is made. And now I shame walk from a dirty glory hole. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome mat. This is episode 126 of Cognitive Dissonance. This is the pre-Christmas cheer episode (laughs) to get everybody. It's not even fucking Thanksgiving yet. Ho, ho, ho. And Wait, that's a different... Yeah. Forget it. <laughs> well, the, the ho, ho, ho's are at the glory hole, so... Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are not even past Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, by the way, right. like the greatest of all American holidays. The most American of all American holidays. Where we celebrate the slaughter of weaker people... Yeah, <laughs> and gluttony. And gluttony. That's it. You're just like, oh, man, remember when those guys were nice to us? <laughs> we sure killed them. Who's got more cranberries? <laughs> so before we even get through Thanksgiving, we're already shoving some fucking Christmas down your gullets. I think that's why I don't like Christmas, too. See, so they make you have Christmas for so long. I just have. It's not that long. They should actually move it back. They should move it into, like... Like late January. So it's like from Thanksgiving to late January, you just have to deal with Christmas oh, music that entire time. It's the worst thing. I, after Christmas, like once all the presents are open, I'm like, can we take down the tree? <laughs> the 30 seconds <laughs> after Christmas. Like, can we just take down the tree? I also didn't want, like, we do Santa and I, like, Colleen's like, yeah, all the good presents, you know, they typically in her family, like the big presents come from Santa. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> Santa gives him a little present. Right. Yeah, Santa's a fucking cheap ass motherfucker. I want Dad to get the credit. Like I know where that fucking a. I know where that. Like I know who bought that shit. Like you got a yeah. fucking remote control helicopter, <laughs> and it's because Dad rules. You got a fucking Yoda it. bobblehead. That's because Santa. Yeah. yeah, Santa. Santa sucks. Right. Santa has no idea what you want. Your dad loves you. Right. 
Santa's a molester. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a priest. Yeah, but he wants you to sit on his lap. So <laughs> well, that's a great segue into our first story. <laughs> <laughs> so this story comes from alternate.org. It's not even a story. It's just a list of fucking yahoos. Oh, it's good, though. It's awesome. It's I love it. Five Christians who make their living telling kids outrageous lies about sex. Um, and this is basically a uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's a list of those you know, schools that hire some motivational dipshit to show up and yammer endlessly a, a, a kept audience in an auditorium in fucking Alabama or some godforsaken <laughs> right, hellhole, right. you know, about how the, you know, girls are all sluts and the boys shouldn't fuck them. And that's that's really like these guys <laughs> say the craziest shit, Cecil. They say the craziest shit and their websites are an atrocity. Yeah, this this guy, the the top guy here, and there's there's a bunch we're gonna talk about. We're gonna spend some time on this story, but Justin Lookadoo is that his name? Lookadoo. Look, Look at his hairdo. He looks like a fucking hedgehog. Oh my gosh, his eyes are fucking crazy. It looks like looks one of them's like, like a lazy eye. It's kind of like looking off to the like the far left of me, and I'm just like, like, hey bro, I'm over here. He seriously looks like a startled hedgehog. He does. Or like a puffer fish. <laughs> he looks awesome. <laughs> His defenses are up. You've startled him. But he has he has a whole list of dateable, are you a dateable person? And it's he has right. dateable girl rules and dateable guy rules. And right. I'm going to read a couple of these. Um, for the dateable girls, and you all you ladies out there, you should recognize these because these are all the, the rules that you followed to become dateable. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> number nine, let him lead. God made guys as leaders. Dateable girls, get that. And let him do guy things. Get a door, open a ketchup bottle. They relax and let guys be guys, which means they don't ask him out, exclamation point cubed. Right. <laughs> cubed. <laughs> cubed. <laughs> Uh, you can see him typing, and he's like, one exclamation? No. No. That does not convey the sense oh, no. of urgency necessary. <laughs> Two exclamations? Close. We're getting closer. Yeah. Let me run it by my editor. <laughs> no. 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 Definitely need that third yeah. exclamation the editor point. editor returned this copy and said, please add one more exclamation point here, please. I have a question on number nine. Do you really mean that last part? <laughs> Yeah, see, so you just, you know, girls should definitely just recognize that men are the fucking leader. Right, and that they like to open ketchup bottles. Right. <laughs> They're just I, really good at it. Because women are weak. Right. I mean, weak. so they can't open a ketchup bottle. Yeah. Oh, and I don't even ask any... him to open the mustard. Right. And a Not jar of happen. pickles? Mayonnaise? Right. Forget Fuck. it. Fuck. Jar nope. of pickles? Jesus, it might as well be in a fucking, in like the, a container you store nuclear waste in. <laughs> like, there's no way that's opening without a guy. Impossible. It's like, it's like, what do you think, I'm Houdini and yeah. some kind of escape trick? <laughs> a jar of pickles? You're like Yuri Geller. You just rub the top and it bends. You just spike it on the yeah. ground. Like, can you open this for me? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guy. I don't follow rules. <laughs> you can't cage me. <laughs> number number 10. against the wall. Number 10 is need him. Dateable girls know that guys need to be needed. A dateable girl isn't a misindependent. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have somebody walking around all 
independent and stuff. When it says Miss Independent, I can't help but think of like a woman in a bikini with a like a like one of those banners hanging off her that just says Miss Independent. Miss Indep- and she's alone. Yeah, she's <laughs> by herself, just randomly she- out in the world. Just I'm Miss Independent. <laughs> I organize this whole pageant myself. <laughs> I'm the only contestant. <laughs> I'm also the runner-up. Yeah, <laughs> the, I think of the <laughs> Miss Fucking Congeniality too. I think of the. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, like from when we were kids, like they have like like the Mister Happy, like Mrs. Sad, like they have like these little cartoon characters or these little cartoon guys that were all like Mister Messy and like all right, these different right. things, like Miss Independence, just like I got my own show, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> off on her own. To the guys, men of God are wild, not domesticated. I love because the guys, like you can hear in the in the in the background of the whole guys list, like a Harley Davidson just revving the whole time. <laughs> it's just it's so, um, dateable guys aren't tamed. They don't live by the rules of the opposite sex. They fight battles, conquer lands, and stand up for the oppressed. And my first thought was like, unless the oppressed are women. (laughs) (laughs) I like the conquer lands part. Like, what am I supposed to treat her to vagina like the beach at Normandy? Like, what am I supposed to do? I just, I just, whenever I have a woman in front of me, I just fucking plant a flag on her. I'm just like, I claim you. I claim this woman right. for the king of Tom. Yeah. Like, she's like, that really hurts when you plunge that flag yeah. deep into my I actually my don't like where flag. you put it either. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. That was a really, but, you know, I mean, uh, one of the things, she couldn't say anything um, because one of the things, one of the girls' rules is uh, number six, be mysterious. Dateable girls know how to shut up. What the fuck? Wow. Number two, though, it seems like so ridiculous because number two is tell it like it is. Right. Well, wait, Um, what am I supposed to do? Shut up or tell it like it is? It depends on what it is. If it's (laughs) you're awesome, can you open this bottle of ketchup? And I like when you conquered Spain. (laughs) (laughs) Then please, ladies, tell me how it is. But otherwise, forget it. Yeah, just fucking forget it. I love this, too. Number 10 for the boys. It's like keep it covered up. Dateable guys know that porn is bad for the spirit and mind. They keep women covered up. Do you even know what porn is, dude? No. Like, and not only that, it's like, date. Why is this on the dateable guys? Like, they right, keep I, the women covered up. Like, what do they like? Kidnap them and cover them with a blanket in the back seat. All, the first thing I thought of was like burka porn. Right. Like, it's like women are covered up. You're like, I'm still coming on her. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> hey, buddy, they're covered up behind the glory hole. It's, it's fine. It's yeah. It's, it's a it's a non-slip surface. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. There's going to be a dry cleaning bill to really talk yeah. about here, though. Those those rules are awesome. You can find them. I, I'm going to link to them on uh, on this episode 126. So you can read all of his uh, rules for being a dateable person. So if you're one of those tragically unhip fuckers who just can never get a date, follow these rules and you still won't get a date. Yeah, this is not guaranteed. This might this might be good for the folks that like Christian Mingle. Yeah. <laughs> Like I didn't if even you were think to go it would work Christian. for them. What are you telling half? You're telling half of them to just shut the fuck up. 
Well, that's how it should be. Yeah, it's I guess. the right half. That's yeah. the thing. Like, <laughs> oh no, it's the, that's just terrible. <laughs> Fucking hell. I like the next guy. Okay, so let's move on to the next guy here. This guy's name is Jason Everett. And the best part about what he says is birth control pills cause abortion. It's like one of those guys. Remember those guys who were saying like every woman has like a tiny little Auschwitz in her stomach. Right. right. It's like that that guy. It's like if it's not Zyklon B, the birth control. Like that's not right. That's not how that works. Um, I love these guys that just spread like terrible misinformation. Yeah. Because all that means is that you're just increasing the teen pregnancy rate. Totally. That's as soon as you say that, it's not like girls can be like, oh, well, then I'm not going to have sex. And they're just like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to use birth control. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to have an, like, I don't want to have an abortion. That sounds terrible. But I do want to have sex. Fucking And since a. you gave me no practical advice <laughs> at all. I'm going to do the thing I want to do, and then I'm not going to take steps to avoid the magical thing that's not going to happen that you said was going to happen that wouldn't have happened anyway, so now I have a baby. Well, and like, then the next woman, Pam Strusel, or whatever the fuck her name is, Stenzel. Yeah, Strusel topping. Yeah. Strusel, actually, she looks like she's eating a little bit of Strusel. Um, she, she says uh, here... And this is this is, again, misinformation. She asserts that the HPV vaccine only right. works on virgins and that chlamydia, even when treated, is likely to make a woman infertile with a 25 percent chance uh, the, of infertility the first time it's contracted and a 50 percent chance that it's going to be contracted the second time or whatever. So, yeah, it only works for virgins. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. There's no there's nothing that only works like there is not a thing that only works before a dick went there. Like, that's not, it's not like you're like, oh man, hey, catch. Oh, I can't catch stuff anymore because I had sex. So yeah. I don't know how to do that. Like, I just don't. Like, oh, okay, do, do you have my sweater? Yeah, I had to give it back because I had sex with some dude, so it doesn't fit. Like, unless you got pregnant because you were listening to fucking really bad advice. Right, right. That's not a thing that would happen. There's nothing about your life that changed. That's the thing that, that cracks me up about this, Cecil. It's like, I remember the first time I had sex, right? Like, it was last night. It was pretty good. That's um, not bad. Right. I thought, you know, 35 years. I, you know, I, 35-year-old I virgin. You're beating that right. guy up by five years. I still, I have that kid, though, so I'm yeah. a little confused about that. Um <laughs> We're she gonna have still to have hasn't explained that to me <laughs> <Right>? yet. <laughs> she and I have to have a conversation one right, of these right. days, but um, she'll just be quiet during it. Let's sure, she it. better yeah. be. Just right, <laughs> right. Fuck? I'll fucking open a fucking pickle jar on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, like, it's like you know, it's this big, like, oh my gosh, you know, sex for the first time. Wah! And then you have sex, and you're like. I still want a double stack, you know, like I want to go to Wendy's and get a cheat. Like nothing about your life changes. Nothing. Right. Nothing. But until it happens, like everybody. And I think that's how these guys can kind of, you know, sell this bullshit. It's because it seems like it's this fucking enormous experience for young people. And they think like as soon as they start having sex with somebody, their whole life is going to change. And it's like, nah, your life doesn't really change at all. Like unless you take their advice. In which case your life will change because you're going to get pregnant. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Tom, because it's very similar to marriage, right? They try to keep people. I think the most important thing about marriage whether is whether or not you were living together beforehand. Right. Because if you're yep. living together beforehand, absolutely nothing changes when yeah, you get right. me. Nothing. I mean, yeah, fucking right. some dude said you are. 
and you said yes. And that's the fucking entire difference of being married and engaged when you're, you know, and it's that, and that's the difference between dating and engaged is nothing, right? As if you're living together, there's nothing. It's the, the most important things of course, are when big changes happen in your life. Like I moved in with someone that's a huge change in your life. Massive. Yep. The sex beforehand, not a huge change in your life. Your life is a relatively the same. It's a very good point. And I think, I think you're right. I think that they can use that because it feels everybody makes it such a big deal. It's such a big, Oh my gosh, you're a virgin. You got to bang, you know, right. Or you're right. a virgin. You got to keep that or whatever the hell it is, you know, whatever crowd you're hanging around with. Right. That's a big deal. But the thing is, is like sexual experience is no different. You know, I mean, like it's it's just it, it doesn't change my day to day life. I don't suddenly spend the rest of my days being like, oh, my gosh, like fucking now that I fucked, everything is open to me now. Right. And you don't get to see new colors. No. It's not like, it's not yeah, like you're like. You become like one of those fucking mantis shrimps or whatever. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I can open up a jar of mantis shrimps, no problem. <laughs> I want to talk about another couple more of these. Number four, Joy. Joy, she spells her name J O I. Uh, who cares? J O I. Idiot. Uh, Wasil, Wasel. I don't know. I don't know how to say your name. This person says the speakers claimed that condoms have holes in them and a failure rate of 14%, and actually it's less than three. The first trimester abortions cause infertility, which isn't true. They're actually the safest procedures. And that the morning after pill is a chemical abortion. Again, another group of people that, again, are just spouting off something that they don't know anything about. Yeah, well, I mean, how about the last one? How about this uh, Shelly Donahue chick? She says... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is very this funny. This is good. This is actually the best one. Donahue tells students that if a guy gets sperm anywhere near a girl's <laughs> vagina, it will turn into a, quote, little Hoover vacuum. Uh, That's true. I would be so fucking impressed <laughs> no. if I had a chick with a fucking Hoover vacuum vagina. <laughs> I wouldn't be anywhere else all day. I mean, are you I, kidding me? I would get us purposely stranded on a desert island. Holy I'd be like, shit. we are... This is it. This is it. I've hit some kind of <laughs> cosmic yeah. mother load. Yeah. This is actually true, though. Um, women do. Women. No, no, hear me out. Women do have a vagina that is actually like a trunk, but it's like an elephant trunk. And that's the thing is it's like an elephant trunk. And that's where the expression junk in the trunk comes from. I don't oh, know if you've right. ever heard there that. <laughs> and also a vagina is really good for getting crumbs out from in the sofa. I don't know if you knew this, but like you can, if a woman sits down on a, you just get all the crumbs right out of your sofa. You got to get the one that comes with like the extender for hard to reach. Yeah. Penises. Right. I guess. <laughs> I like the previous paragraph where she says she also said that boys are wired to like math, science and numbers and girls are wired. It says and girls are wired to be more feelings oriented. And the whole first thing I could think is like that Malibu Stacy that you like you pull, (laughs) you pull the string. It's like math is hard. I know. Like that's the first thing I thought of. She also held up a bag of noodles to indicate that girls are like spaghetti with their feelings about parts of their lives entangled. And I thought this, again, very true, because their feelings are delicious when served with garlic bread and primavera. I mean, absolutely delicious. Women's feelings. I will open a jar of women's feelings and feast on them all day. 
Oh, yeah. There's nothing like a nice, delicious bowl of women's feelings <laughs> after a hard day at work. That's that's why I come home and just devour my wife's happiness. That's what she tells me, at least. Um, <laughs> so this next story is from the New York Times. Tennessee pastor disputes wildlife possession charged by state. Um, this guy, as far as I'm concerned, this is, first of all, this is one of those snake handlers, right? So this is this is the church... There's a show called Snake Salvation. I think it's on National what? Geographic Channel. Wait, what? Yeah, if you're not, are not aware of oh, this. Oh, no, no, I wasn't aware of that. Oh, they were talking I've about got a TV it. show, but I didn't understand what they were talking about. I've got it taped, and I have not had a chance to watch it yet, and I cannot wait to watch it. It is a reality show, I think, on National Geographic Channel. Uh, but I could be mistaken. And it's all about these fucking total loon balls who do the fucking venomous snake juggling or whatever they're doing. That's like, fucking awesome. Like the like, snake yo-yoing. <laughs> right. Right. The, like the rattlesnake hacky sack shit they do for Jesus. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound like a good idea. The funny thing about this is at the top it says Tennessee pastor disputes wildlife possession charge and I'm thinking pastors already have a name for disputing a possession charge. It's called exorcism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're just walking up to, like, the wildlife guy, like, throwing oil at him. Yeah. Like, I cast you out. I cast, cast the you out. out. Go to Quiznos. Right. I was not already Pesco. here. Yeah. The service is terrible. <laughs> Can I have a snake on wheat? <laughs> the rattlesnake carbonara. Be great. It's woman's feelings carbonara. Thank right? you very it's much. It's, yeah. it's kind of good. <laughs> It's not that good, actually. These snake handlers, you know, like, you know what their thing is, right? So they're yeah, yeah, they're saying, yeah. like, they're quoting this crap from the Bible and saying, like, yeah, you know, if you're super fucking holy and Jesus, like, loves you extra special, then you can handle serpents, you know, and, like, you're immune to their bite. But, like, none of these guys are immune. They're, like, missing fingers. They die frequently from this. Good. I mean, no, that's tragedy. It, yeah, right? Yeah. Whenever I see this, I think, like, you know, the science is already being done. Like, you guys are doing the science. You don't know it because you don't believe in it. Right. But you're doing the science all the time. And it comes out the same way every time. Poisonous snake bites you, you get sick. It's never like, I've done, but you never find the guy who's like, I've been bit a hundred times by poisonous snakes and doesn't hurt. Like, every time, like, I got bit by a poisonous snake. I lost my hand. And my <laughs> like, lungs swelled up and I filled with blood. I'm dead right. now. Yeah. <laughs> Feel and fucking terrible about that. They hung that, a actually. "Welcome to Australia" sign on me. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is fun. this is this is the part that I think is the most important part. Is this guy says that although it says in the article, it says although church members say this guy takes care to keep the keep the snakes secure, the prosecutor is just still trying to make sure that they to stop them because it creates a public safety hazard. And the first thing I thought is this is in Tennessee. What if there's a tornado and it blows your fucking wall off your building and right. all these snakes suddenly get out? These are snakes that can live outside. Right. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, I just was walking and got bit by a fucking copperhead. Well, that's because some jagoff had it in his fucking in his goofy fucking church down a gravel road is what it says here. It says members of this guy's church. It's a two story brick church, which is sits along gravel road. And I'm like, shocker there, huh? Gravel road probably has a sign outside that says no coon hunting. 
Right. <laughs> probably has a sign that says, we encourage coon hunting. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's probably got a water fountain that says, for whites only, too. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I like, and also, too, this also struck me from this. It says, there. this is... This is him saying this. I'm going to try to say what he said. Actually, why don't we let Hillbilly God say what he said? This ain't no longer just a fight for snake handling. Um, okay, so if I get this correctly, this ain't no longer. Is it just a fight for snake handling then? Right, I know, right? It's like, <laughs> you have double negative. <laughs> it's like right fucking there, bro. This is, this is not no longer. Wait, what? What? Yeah. I can't even begin to parse that sentence yeah. out, sir. <laughs> this ain't no longer. Just, and it says too at the bottom, it says, just because I take up serpents doesn't make me more, no more or no less a Christian than anybody else in the room. And I'm thinking, no one's arguing that. Like, who right. cares about, nobody cares whether you take up serpents. They care that you house the serpents somewhere. Well, the thing is, man, like, you know that at some point, and uh, did you see, the, by the way, the sign that says snakes today, Bibles tomorrow? Give me a break. And it's like, wait a minute. Are they poison Bibles yeah. with fangs? <laughs> Rattlesnake Bibles? Because if so, then the answer is fucking yes. Like if if you have, yeah, like you said, if you have rattlesnake Bibles, like if there's like a King Cobra Koran. Right. Like then- <laughs> <laughs> you shake your Bible, it makes that sound like <laughs> to, to read it, you have to be like <laughs> Is this a Bible or a fucking maraca? What is it? I say give them more snakes. Me too. Diesel. Fucking I put them in a send them to the zoo and throw them in a pit. Just cover them in snakes at all times. It's like you want snakes, here's a hundred snakes. You just get Everywhere they go, like they should open their car door and like just snakes should just pour out. Hundreds, Indiana Jones style snakes. Right. Like constantly be coated in snakes. They need to be wearing snake clothing, snake fucking hats, live snakes. Snakes all over. Snake fucking earrings, snake necklaces. <laughs> snake earrings. They're big hoops. They're very large hoops. They, they should be fucking fastening snake belts and snake suspenders to like. Like make the snake bite its own they tail like fucking They should put their fucking feet in snake's mouths and wear them as shoes. <laughs> That's what they should shoes? do. I think that the courts should not intervene with this. As far as I'm concerned, they should be lion handling. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Let them you, juggle tigers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I think if you're an adult, you should be able to handle the snakes. I just think, I, I, I agree that they're a public safety hazard. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like, of course. like, this is this is some jackass. I mean, you've already proven that you're a jackass enough to handle a snake. That means you're dumb enough to leave a fucking snake fucking cage open or something. Right. You know what I mean, right. and some fucking toddler's gonna walk up and be like, "Oh, look a stick," you know, and then fucking grab it and fucking get walloped by some copperhead or something. That's yeah. a stupid thing to do, and it's a public safety hazard. And I totally understand where they're coming from here, but I'm with you. Man, there should be just what they should do is they should have to call animal control each week. Animal control wheels out the snakes and then just pours them on them. Just they stand there (laughs) and it's like a snake fucking shower. And it's just fucking (laughs) just snake after snake after snake. And then they get bit and fucking swollen up. And then you just roll them into the river and let them float down to the fucking Mississippi or whatever. Like the Ganges. (laughs) Corpses like bloated Bloated snake filled venom corpses. That's what you need. I was thinking of one of those like those like tornado things like where you catch dollars 
like you know, like the like the old like uh, game shows. Like oh, you go yeah, in, yeah, it's yeah. full of mud. <laughs> Like a snake you? whirlwind. That's fucking right? brilliant. God. And you have to like reach out and like catch the snakes for a prize. But I'll the prize what, is snake just snake whirlwind. More snakes? That would be a, the fucking Weather Channel would have a field day with a snake whirlwind. They would be showing that around the clock for weeks. It's almost as good as a Sharknado. <laughs> so we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. And during the break, you're going to hear some stuff. Want to get in touch with the show? Send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Like the podcast page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash dissonance pod, or just type cognitive dissonance into the Facebook search bar. Want your voice featured on our show? Leave a short message on our Google Voice at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Visit DissonancePod.com to see the news stories featured in the show, buy apps and merchandise, or just leave a comment. And to everyone who helps spread the word about the show by sharing it, tweeting it, and rating it on iTunes, glory hole, you fucking rock. This story comes from Slate.com. Republican governor denies benefits to all soldiers in order (laughs) to discriminate against the gay ones. Um... Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon was sworn into office. Fallon, I like to think of her as. What's that? I like to think of her as Fallon. Failing, yeah. Yeah. Fucking, I'm going to reread that then. When Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon was sworn into office, she basically decided, fuck them. Fuck them all. Burn the whole house down, Cecil. (laughs) Burn the whole fucking house down. Yeah. She turned this car around. Right. She totally did, man. (laughs) She She did. No she, Disneyland for anybody. Do not make me pull this thing over. <laughs> she fucking, she pulled the nuclear option. Can I say that even though they just pulled the nuclear option in the Senate today? Am I allowed to say that? You can always say pull yeah. the nuclear option. She did pull the nuclear option. Say it. You know, here's the thing about this. Okay, so what she does is she's pushing back against Pentagon and a presidential decree that says that um, people that are in the National Guard, and she's from Oklahoma, big surprise, Oklahoma National Guard, she's not going to provide benefits to married same-sex couples. It's not going to happen. They say, you have to. So she says, fine, nobody gets benefits then. So nobody that's in the in their National Guard is going to get benefits at all because if, if you want me to give it, to, I, I don't agree that it should go to the same-sex couples, so I'm going to make sure nobody gets it, which is stupid fucking logic. And I think the biggest part that makes me, I think the thing that makes me the angriest is that all of these people that are on this side of the debate, that are on that side of like anti, that are anti-gay marriage, I'm not going to say all, but I'm going to say a lot of them are hawks. A lot of them are people that built their reputations and got elected basically praising the military. You know what I mean? Like praising this military state. There's a lot of military worship that goes on in our country. And I think that, you know, I mean, this is not an indictment of the people who are military who listen to this show. I think that, you know, I mean, I think while on the one hand, I think that it's a difficult job. I certainly don't worship people who do it. Um, and I think that there has been a, a level of military worship in our country that's that's sort of alarming. But these are people who really are the proselytizers of that stuff. And to let your people down in some way, and I mean, go through and start polling the people who are military and see which side of the 
spectrum they're going to fall on. And most of them are going to be falling on the Republican side of the, the, the fence. And I think that that's a, it's a great disservice to those people who are, you know, giving up their time. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say they're heroes or they're defending our freedom or any of that stuff, any of those buzzwords that you hear. But I'm going to say, you know, these are people who the government should be taking care of because they're doing a job that the government is paying them for and they're not taking care of them. Well, and, you know, denying benefits to like uh, like regular, uh, not regular, but heterosexual couples, you know, that are in the National Guard. Um, I mean, these like this is not just some. Uh, you know, privileged stance that she's taking. She's not just saying like, well, I'm going to take this, this stand against this thing that, you know, I don't believe in, in homosexual marriage. I don't believe in, you know, I don't know how you don't believe in it. It's fucking real. So it's, it's like, it's like saying like, yeah, I don't believe in automobiles. <laughs> fucking they're there. You I don't believe don't. in women in pantsuits. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> female drivers. Um, <laughs> what is this? The future? Uh, but, you know, I guess she just disagrees with it, but you don't get to disagree with this shit. You know, this is like I see this and I think like this is like the pharmacist or, the, you know, or the or the asshole clerk. Yes, at the county exactly. Office, you know, you have a fucking job to do. I don't give a fuck that you're the governor. You're just a bitch in a job. You're a person in a fucking job. I go to work. I'm a bitch at a job. You're a fucking dude or a woman or whatever who does a fucking thing. You show up. I don't care if your job is to fucking grab garbage cans and sling them into a truck or if your job is to be the governor of Oklahoma and I'm not sure which one's better but you know you got hired to do a thing do the fucking thing if I if my boss comes up to me and is like do this thing and I'm like oh, I'm offended by that I got two choices suck it up buttercup yeah or quit yep those are my choices a legitimate choice is not well I'm just gonna fucking burn my house I'm just gonna just you know not only am I not gonna do the thing you asked me to do like, hey, can you file this report? No. And actually, I'm just going to smash my computer with a sledgehammer. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, I don't believe in reports. So I'm going to damage everybody's reports. Fucking, that's a crazy thing to do. It's like it's like you're the person in charge of payroll. You don't like one person on that's getting a check, so you don't give yep. anyone in the building a check. And you're like, well, that's stupid. You know, you don't get to do that. You right, know, just it, quit. Yeah, you know, you should resign if that's the case. Be like, I, you know what, I, I, my principles are so, you know, so steadfast that there's no way I am going to acquiesce to the president's demands. So I have to step down and let yep. the lieutenant governor take over. I think that's absolutely correct, Tom. You know, if that's the case, then don't hurt those innocent people. Just walk away from the job. Yeah, it's like I can't do the thing I'm charged to do. Yeah. What she's doing now is very selfish. Like it's yeah. a really selfish thing to do. She's saying, like, well, I don't want to do that, but I still want the paycheck. Yeah. It's political grandstanding. Is what it is. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. So this story comes from uh, newsinfo.inquirer.net. Inquirer News. Catholic Church sending copies of the Bible and rosaries to these Yolanda survivors. Um, well, that's going to fucking help. That's great. Um, the <laughs> Philippines, if you have been, I don't know, fucking dead for two weeks, got fucking walloped by a massive typhoon. 
fucking devastated things. 10,000 people estimated to be dead. I don't think they have solid numbers yet. They may not have solid numbers for a long time. Is Typhoon just a hurricane? Yeah, just on the the other side of the world, yeah. Why the it's fuck just, don't they just call it a hurricane? I don't know, man. Why do, Why the fuck don't we just call it a typhoon? Well, pick one. What the fuck? I don't Weather know, people? man. I don't, like, why do we have to differentiate? I don't get it. What if there was an island that was, like, right between the two hemispheres? And, like, what if it's, like, a same-sex marriage typhoon? I don't... Then you just... Double <laughs> fucked you, on that thing. No, then you know. then you then you deny privileges you to all hurricanes in the world. You know what you do? You stand outside with your fucking head in the sand being like, I don't believe in you. I don't <laughs> believe in you. And you wait for the fucking typhoon hurricane thing to destroy emacate you. Why would you send them and this is we were talking about this earlier, and I think really this is really mainly the only point, is why would you send these people rosaries? And Bibles, because that's taking up space that valuable food and blankets and shelters and things like that and water can fit on the truck. Even if it's just fucking, you know, I mean, I understand if it's like fucking three Bibles, right? If you brought three Bibles with you and like five rosaries and they're just like in a backpack somewhere, fine. But chances are that's not happening here. You know, when a whole council of bishops is sending several copies of the Bible and rosaries, I have a feeling that's fucking boxes. Okay, it doesn't list how many there are. But it says 3,000 rosaries. That's a box of rosaries. Yeah, and somebody has to spend time and money to ship and distribute that stuff. And I was just listening to NPR this morning, and people are, like, desperate for food. Yeah, no, I was reading. And there's some fucking medicine. Yeah, harrowing accounts there of that shit. You know, I there was a story I just, I just listened to yesterday where some dude, you know— had a broken leg and went into fucking, it got all infected and septic and the dude died from a fucking something as simple as a broken leg. Yeah. Because they just, they don't have access to quality care and medicines and. Well, they I should mean, have splinted getting, it with the Bible. Just wrap Bibles around it. Right. And use and the rosaries could, to you, tie yeah, them the together. Rosaries to tie it. You, could, you know, another thing you use the rosaries for is, you know, if anything, the Bible taught us anything, you know, a sling is good to catch, you know, large game and kill giants. There so you I go. think, it's you know, you could use the rosaries as like a makeshift sling and go hunting things, right? It's Other people. <laughs> maybe other people, people with broken legs who can't get away fast enough. They sort of hobble. They're easier to hunt. That's super easy. You know, you could just load the Bible into the rosary, spin it around and whip it at people. Just fling Bibles at people. It won't kill them, but it's (laughs) fun for amusement. Yeah. It hit birds just sort of dazes them for a second. Then they fly off. But it's amusing you while you starve to death. Right. Yeah. Right. There you go. It was awesome. Um, But I feel so very, very weak. (laughs) I went out with a smile on my face. Thanks, Catholics. That was awesome. I, you know, it, and it's funny, too, because it's like, you know, it's not like they can fucking consume the paper fucking from the Bibles, you know, is the cellulose necessary to survive. They're fucking human beings, not termites. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like there's nothing there that's useful. I mean, it's just I mean, you might as well have just shipped them your garbage. You might as well have just taken your dustbin and your fucking banana peels and the scrapings from last night's dinner and put it in a bag and sent it to them. Because it's that fucking useless. I'm sitting here trying to make a joke about, like, sending them something more useless. And as I look around the room I'm recording it in, I can't see anything more useless. (laughs) And I'm not even kidding. I was like, I was about to be like, you could send them a bunch of fucking winter scarves. And I'm thinking, like, well, I mean, I guess a scarf could be useful. You could use it to lash some things together. Like, seriously, a like a book and a rosary, you... 
you may as well just send him fucking like insults. Like, that's, yeah. like at that point, you may as well just send, <laughs> send him you DVDs. Have... You could send him a box of DVDs. That'd be right. pretty useless. It, the only thing more useless would be to send them would be another typhoon. Right. Like that's. <laughs> We believe we're moving into a supernatural season where, if needed, God will multiply food. I have seen God multiply food more than one time when I was cooking. I mean, when my kids were little, they were always bringing their friends into the house. And I remember, you know, spooning out spaghetti or whatever, just praying in the spirit over that, and God just made more and more and more. You know, I, I've seen oil multiply as I was praying for the sick. I've seen uh, bottles of oil just fill up about a cup at a time of oil. Remember when we drove our car in Weatherford Decord? I mean, on one set of tires, we had, well, how many miles was it? I, I mean, maybe, lot. yeah, way, way beyond what could ever yeah. happen with one set of tires. I mean, I remember one time I had a pair of shoes that I wore and wore and wore and wore, and it just, just for years, these shoes did not wear out. And I wore them years and years and years. So this story comes from uh, New York Magazine. Paul Ryan, poor people need Jesus, not food stamps, says a dude who doesn't need food stamps? Who's never needed food stamps. Right. <laughs> Fucking dick. I like I like that uh, Paul Ryan here, guy who's you know pretty. I mean, he hasn't led a, a as charmed a life as uh, Romney, and they even mention that. But he still has comes from a family of means. Uh, one of his family, I think one of his family members or his great grandfather had a business that opened in like the 1800s and it's like a national business. I'm thinking you can't be fucking even thinking about food stamps and have a national business, right? It's right. not like half the family's poor because your family has a national business. He says here, because this is from uh, last year or when he was talking, he says, Paul, this is from someone talking about him. Paul wants people to dream again. You don't dream when you're on food stamps. And I, I immediately I was on food stamps as a kid. Yeah, you do. You dream of getting off food stamps. Right. Right. Like, yeah. No, you dream of it because it sucks to be on food stamps. I, you know, it strikes me that if you take away the food stamps from somebody who needs the food stamps, they would dream a whole lot less because, A, you've cut down their options. And, B, it's hard to sleep with a growling belly. Right. <laughs> There's no dreaming. Either that or they just sleep forever. Right. Just right. Like, and now you're oh, dead. Look at him dream. Dream yeah. that dream in that casket of dreams. We buried him in his graveyard of hope. And we, <laughs> <laughs> we had a funeral of good fortune for yeah. him. And now he's off in heaven. Yeah. We sent him up of, to heaven with a big hug. Right. Because oh. that's really all you get. You don't get any fucking money from us, bro. Right. Goodbye, son. Yeah. You know, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Um, he does say... You cure poverty eye to eye, soul to soul, spiritual redemption. That's what saves people. You can't eat that. Nobody's ever been like, oh, man, what'd you have for dinner? Some delicious spiritual redemption soup. What, does it, ta what does it taste like? Getting face fucked by Paul Ryan? And couscous. Yeah. Strangely, it's that. <laughs> couscous. <laughs> Is that what comes out of Paul Ryan? <laughs> guy ejaculates couscous <laughs> right look at that it's like little nuggets of couscous. how does that work awesome it's, it's like a pot. And it's like a fucking he's like a one of those uh one of those play-doh fun factory <laughs> things <laughs> you push on his head 
really hard. It's Israeli couscous, like. <laughs> <laughs> crescent moon, crescent moon. <laughs> So this next segment, we're actually going to talk about two stories kind of in one because they're both equally retarded. Um, the, the first one is from the BBC News. Kuwait Twitter insult present. What? First of all, this I almost didn't even tweet this story yeah. because the headline is so right. bad. I'm just going to read this headline. Kuwait Twitter insult prison sentence condemned. <laughs> Fuck you. That's. Story BBC right bad headline do you? <laughs> it's like Tarzan is the reporter. Right. <laughs> right. Me, BBC, Jane. you reader. Um basically some some dude fucking got sent. I mean, this is what it sounds like. Five years in a Kuwaiti prison. Sounds super great. Um for 140 characters insulting Islam. Uh that seems like a rational response to a, a big problem five fucking years five in prison years. five years like oh wife family i love you guys i'll catch y'all in half a decade 140 characters have insulted islam wait so what, what's the worst that happens when somebody says something right i mean like like i can't imagine some and it's not even something something that bad but even if it was something horrible <laughs> Getting five years for that is just, I mean, that's just atrocious. And the people who come out and they're always like, oh, you're always picking on Islam. You're always picking on Islam. I can't believe, you know, it's not anything that, look, this is the government putting somebody away for, for basically saying something against Islam. Right. You know, you, the only reason you can say what you say about it and, and say that, you know, you shouldn't be, uh, you know, insulting Islam. You shouldn't be talking about Islam is because you're over here. That's the that's the only reason because you're fucking safe from this sort of thing. Nothing can happen to you over here Absolutely. in this way. Yep. You know, if you were over there, it'd be a totally different fucking story. Uh, this guy didn't do anything but type something on his goddamn smartphone, and he's going to go to jail for five years. And there was another case that was in the same deal here. It says last month the Kuwaiti court upheld a ten-year prison sentence for a blogger who was convicted of insulting the Prophet and the kings of Saudi Arabia and Bahrain on Twitter. That's yeah. worth ten years? Ten years, man. That worth that's worth ten years of someone's life? That are you telling me that somehow that a country that is saying that you insult the prophet and you go to go to court ten years, that somehow Islam is free of guilt on that? That's bullshit. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it. This what this tells you is that these people um, who are defending this, like you said, they don't have to live under this this threat, this constant uh, heavy weight of oppression. This is a tool to oppress people's free speech. This is a tool to make sure that people um, aren't free to speak their mind. Because if anything you could say. You know, on a forum like Twitter? Are you kidding me? And the thing is, too, like, did you read this part where he he posted the tweet, took it down 10 minutes later. Yeah, I know, 10 minutes. Then sent two more tweets out to clarify what he said. I mean, imagine if every fucking blurt you made on Facebook, you know, or Twitter or fuck anything, anything at all, you could be sentenced to prison for. I could say any fucking thing I want, hence this show. And I don't ever have to live 
with that fear of insulting somebody's God so badly that I'm going to get thrown in fucking prison. Yeah. And see, so this next story, I mean, it's not its not an isolated incident. We have another fucking story the same week. Um, this story comes from The Independent. Saudi Arabia man arrested for giving out hugs. <laughs> hugs. The dude was, I mean, seriously, there's not anything more to the story. I just told you the whole story. <laughs> the guy was saying, hey, if anyone wants a hug, right. I will hug you. Right. It wasn't like, I will fuck your wife in the face. No. It was like, <laughs> I'll just, if you want a hug, I'll hug you. And if you don't, that's cool too. So they threw his fucking ass in jail. What are you so afraid of? Like your society is, your society is like, whoa, whoa, we can't have people going around hugging each other all willy nilly. <laughs> we got to put a stop to that. Like we got a big fucking, what we got, they, are they going to start like a war on hugs? <laughs> well, you know, I, the thing that boggles my mind is that they give away free rapes all the time. I don't know oh, why shit. that they're so worried about the <laughs> free hugs. lashes. Yeah. Free lashes. <laughs> Actually, a hundred percent of premarital sex beca- starts because there was in the past a premarital hug. Right. So <laughs> That's, I see where they're go. coming from on this. There you go. It's a premarital hug. It's a premarital <laughs> hug. Oh my god! And that's why they got to chop that guy's arms off, right? That I mean, if so he that, can't hug anybody. He can't anymore. hug. Yeah. yeah. It's a look. It's an eye for an eye, and it's a hug. <laughs> For it's a, a, it's a fucking lopping for a hug. <laughs> right. But you got to you actually they, what what's interesting and they don't put this in the article cuz it's not true is they have to take them and bring them over to Iran to put them through the finger right. chopping machine. Right. It just takes a long time to get all the way to the shoulder. Yeah, you just got to just got to keep feeding it in there. It's like it's like a it's like you're making sausage. You just got to keep shoving it in there. Oh shit. What the fuck is wrong with what is know. wrong with you when your religious police are like, whoa, whoa, we got a hot one. We got a we got an all points bulletin. We got an all points bulletin. There is a man giving away hugs. Drop and everything. Stop chasing witches. He's hugging dudes. Right. That's the other thing. He's not hugging women. He's just giving a hug to a dude. It's not a thing that's that's sexual in any way, but he's arrested by the vice squad. Right. Virtue right. and prevention of vice. Well, because you don't want people getting addicted to hugs. Oh, God. You know, because then, you know, it's like people crystal will, meth. <laughs> they'll be like coming up to you, like, you got any hugs, man? I need it. Hugs, I not even it. once. <laughs> right. Just hugs. Like, like their teeth are falling yeah. out because yeah. they're hugging people. Just Somehow. picking up random things, like just like a like run into a camel and just <laughs> give it a big hugging. squeeze. I can't stop hugging. I gotta hug everything. I've been like I'm Captain Huggins. Like, like there's like hugging cactuses and shit. Like, ow, oh, it hurts yeah. so much. <laughs> I'm okay. randomly smelling roses in the house and That's your grandmother. Does she have a message for me of any kind? Yeah, she's sending you roses to tell you she's there. Thank you very much. Yeah. So this story is from everywhere, including New York Daily News. Sylvia Brown's dead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she's dead. And yeah. I think, you know, Tom, 
you know, there's not a lot to say about this. I think that, you know, she was a huckster and a charlatan and she told some really horrible things. And I just want to read DJ Grothy was on our show last week and DJ released a statement today that I think is really just says it all. So I'm going to read DJ's statement here. It says, the James Randi Educational Foundation sends our condolences to Sylvia's family and loved ones. No one celebrates her death, but skeptics do criticize how she lived. Her dismal track record at predictions, she confidently predicted she would die at 88, not 77, for instance, would merely be laughable if they did not hurt so many people. Remember Sean Hornbeck or Amanda Berry and... Obviously, I, Sean Horbeck was somebody who they I think what they predicted she predicted was dead, but found later. And then um, Amanda Berry was the person who was she predicted was dead and then was found alive after her mother had died. And she was kidnapped by that Castro guy in Cleveland. And this isn't all in there. I'm just editorializing. Now, this is back to DJ. The number of people she hurt with her pretend supernatural ability, natural abilities is nearly as high as the number of her failed predictions. It is sad that it took death to stop Sylvia Brown. And I think that encapsulates every skeptic's uh, thoughts on the matter of Sylvia Brown dying. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that we, we you know, we're not going to really go over and like make a bunch of bad Sylvia Brown jokes and like, did she didn't see that coming sort of stuff. Cause it's all too predictable. We could um, channel her though. Like, I, I, I get hard <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get one in there. You gotta get one. One in bad taste. She saw, she's like she's like hanging out with that Romtha lady, that Romtha woman with Chandler. <laughs> Romtha. Yeah. She raises her eyebrow, that Romtha lady. When she touches, does that look at the camera. She's like, and her eyebrow oh, no. like fucking flips up past her scalp line. It's like a fucking flip top eyebrow. <laughs> like, what? Why does your body do that? Your body shouldn't do that. Yeah, she is like that Romtha lady. Actually, she's just as believable as that Romtha lady. I that Romtha lady is somehow more believable, especially now that Sylvia Brown's dead. Sylvia, if you watch the stuff that she did, um, she the stuff she did good. was just—I mean, she was not good. She was, um, she would do stuff, and she would just—I mean, she would do what the Long Island medium is, which is just sort of look into a big crowd and just say. I'm sensing, you know, a Vicky or something like that. And then like somebody stands up and, you know, now I've got a mark. I've got somebody who has this thing so I can start saying stuff. And most of the time, these cold reading people like DJ said last week, it's it's a it's a cold reading is not just a thing. It's a several different things, psychological things that happen at the same time. But really what's happening is, is they're just they're just building off the bad and you forget the. The misses. I mean, you forget you select out all the misses. I mean, talk to anybody who's gone to a psychic and they're going to tell you about all the misses. Uh, they won't tell you about all the misses. They're just going to tell you about all the hits that happen. I mean, right. that happens constantly. And they'll forget. People will forget that they've even told people stuff. They'll say, you know, even, you know, 20 minutes into the conversation or whatever, they'll bring up something that happened early on in the conversation and they won't remember that they said it to people. Absolutely. That happens all the time. And then, you know, the one thing, too, is, you know, I, I feel like at the, there's there's I'm conflicted on uh, on what DJ said last week and what a lot of people say about going to go see a psychic. Uh, I really do think um, while there is some benefit for skeptics to go sit down and have a psychic give them readings, I also feel like 
giving them money empowers them in some way and keeps them going on because none of us, I mean, very rare few of us are going to sit down in that reading and actually confront that person, right? Right. You're not going to go in there, pay your money and just be like, you're a fraud. You're not, you didn't pick anything out about my life. I don't think many people are going to do that. Um, even by the way DJ talked last week, it seemed like he was saying like he got all the way to the end of it and they said, oh, you should come back sort of thing. Right. I mean, you certainly yeah. wouldn't invite somebody who was openly disputing what you said back for a second right. reading. Right. So I think that even people who are, you know, as as steeped in the skeptic community like DJ is aren't going to be in that skept- in that psychic booth disputing what the psychic has to say. So there's really no merit you can find out about all this stuff just by watching other people. You don't have to pay for it. And I feel like paying for it, like DJ said, it feels like, you know, the more you pay for it, the closer that person is to Sylvia Brown. Have you ever gone? Have you ever been I've never one? gone. I, I just feel like I don't want to go. I don't want to. I just don't want to pay them money to support them. Right. Yeah. I've been twice. Really? Yeah. Not my money ever. I've been with people. Um, so once I was with uh, my my buddy and his girlfriend, and they wanted to do it. They thought it would be fun. We were just hanging out in the city Were you one a skeptic? Day. Yeah. Well, I've, yeah, I've always been kind of an asshole, so I, I think that's kind of similar. <laughs> that, that's good yeah. enough. Sure. Um, this was when I was like like uh, first or second year in college. So, oh, okay. And we went, uh, and it was funny because there was the one girl, <coughs> and the three of us were very close at the time. Um, and so when we went up, the psychic, you know, fraud, whatever, she couldn't read the body language to see who the girl was with. So she just was like, yeah, you're, you know, you're going to be with somebody with brown hair. And like, it's like, well, first of all, that's most people, but like this dude and I had both brown hair, like everything she said was couched. So it could have been either me or my buddy. Right. Cause she couldn't tell which one of us was with this girl. Yeah, um, yeah, which was which was very funny. It was very obvious what she was doing. It was hilarious. And then another time, I went with my wife. God, this was, God, this was so long ago. This we weren't even married yet. This was, you know, we're talking like probably 15, 16 years ago. Just on a whim, um, maybe even when we were in college again. Just on a whim, driving past one of these places, and we went in, and it was in this like woman's house. Like it was a storefront. But it was also like her house and you went and she did like a tarot card thing. Um, and it was entirely generic and it was entirely pointless and it was entirely $25 I didn't have. Like that was the whole thing. We walked out of there and we're like, what's the point? Like she just tells you. Plus like the other thing, psychics, a lot of times they don't tell you anything that you don't know. Like, like what good is it for you to tell me things about me that I already know? I know. Like, that what is the insight sense. I gain from that? It's that's like it, it's like horoscopes, right? When they're like, you're a strong person and you're just like, who cares? Right. Who yeah. cares what the paper thinks about me? <laughs> tell me, like, tell me if you can tell me something that's going to happen tomorrow. Like, right. Hey, tomorrow at 430. Don't get on the number 34 bus. Yeah, like, don't fuck. ride your. I ride my bike to work every day. If I went to a second, they're like, don't ride your bike tomorrow. That's a different that's a different thing instead of right. just being like, you seem fit or yeah. you seem fat or whatever, right. you know. Yeah, exactly. Instead, it's it's just like, I'm going to give you insight. And by insight, I mean shit you already know about you. And you're like, well, what would I do with that information? Because there's no answer to it. I was watching, um, you know, now that we're talking about psychics, I was watching that. Um, I was watching. It was on TV. That woman, um, 
the Oompa Loompa. What's her name? Caputo. Uh, Caputo, yeah. She was on TV, and uh, she was doing revisited. She was going back to places that she had visited once. So she was doing this tour back where she had already done readings for people. And she came back, and she was talking to this girl. And it's a young girl. I want to say 19, 20. That's what she looked like. I don't know how old she was. But a young girl. And she's doing this reading with her, and they're going back and showing that reading, right? They're showing what she told this woman. And she's having this reading with her, and the woman, she says to her, I feel like your father has put your boyfriend in your path. He set this up for you, basically. And she starts crying. She's like, oh, I always felt like my boyfriend was like a gift from God or whatever, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. And I started thinking about how harmful that statement is. What if that boyfriend down the road beats her? What if that boyfriend down right. the road cheats on her? Yep. Well, that's who your dad put in front of you. So now you can't do anything about that relationship because that's not a relationship that you chose to be in. That's a relationship that somebody else, a past somebody who passed, who you have guilt over now breaking up with them if you decide to because your dad fixed this whole thing up in the, in the afterlife. Like that's a damaging thing to say to somebody because you suddenly lock them in. It's not like this is her husband. This is her boyfriend. This isn't her fiance, even. Yeah, and this is a young person, like where most right. relationships in 19 and 20 aren't going to pan out. You know, you're still feeling this out. And yeah, like I, I, I see that entirely. Like the first thing that occurs to me, it's like we don't call on psychics. Like we don't we don't call our fucking dead relatives to play matchmaker for a reason. You know, like, hey, I'm, you know, looking to date somebody. Let's see what fucking dead Uncle Frank says. <laughs> Hey, dead Uncle Frank. Who should I be you dating? You never call. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a stupid idea. Anything yeah. she does, if that relationship doesn't work out, is going to be dishonoring her father. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's how she's going to see that now. Yep. Thanks, you dumb bitch. That's that fucking Caputo damaging, woman is man. evil. Yeah. And that's and that's also too. I mean, you know, like that's what Sylvia was doing too when she would oh, yeah. have people on her show and she would be like. Yeah, I just see him around this, you know, I see him around water or whatever. She was saying that about Amanda, Amanda Barry. She was like, oh, you know, when they're in water, you just never find them. But, you know, I'm sorry, but you're never going to see your daughter again. And the woman died. She did never see her daughter again. But if right. she would have lived through it, she would have saw her daughter again. I know. I know. It's I mean, this, the, she she was a bad person. Like she just was like she was not a harmless individual. She was a fucking bad person. And I think she knew she was a fraud. She wasn't one of these people that, you yeah, know, is so self-deluded. Yeah. She fucking knows she's a fraud. Um, because when she's called out and when she's challenged, she doesn't respond. She doesn't, you know, she's not like, if I thought for sure mm -hmm. that I had these fucking powers, yep. I would be as transparent and upfront with yep. it. Because what do I have to hide? Yep. I've got fucking magic powers. I mean, take it away from psychic and say, like, say another magic power. Let's say I could fly. You just fucking fly. And somebody was like, you can't fly. And I'd be like, fucking, I will fly right now. And I'd fly around for a minute and be like, well, hey, look at me flying. And fucking drop eggs on their head and shit and fucking settle back down. And be like, I flew. Did you see me fly? I was flying. You got some fucking videotape of that shit? I flew. You would be proud of it. It would be the extraordinary thing you can do that nobody else can do. You wouldn't back away from challenge. You don't see the people that go for that 
million dollar challenge are the people who are self-deluded. Those are people I don't think you ever get anybody who's trying to trick the system because con artists know they can't pull the con on somebody that is going to scientifically test them. There's just no way they can pull the con, right. like, you know, because because the way in which they have to test them, you have to be, you know, really, really accurate to figure out all the stuff that they do. So you can't just be a, a you know a con man and think I'm gonna somehow guess this stuff without with no tells, right? The reason why a con man can walk in and do cold reading is because he can use the mark to get the information. If you can't use the mark, then the information just is you're just randomly guessing. And they already rule you out for randomly guessing. So anybody who's just gonna walk in and randomly guess, like Sylvia, like Caputo, like John von Prager or whatever the fuck his name is that dude all those people they're not going to guess that shit because they know they're going to be wrong so they don't want to be made fools of they've already got a cash cow they've already got a way on the Montel show $800 a, 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 an hour phone calls they've got giant auditoriums that they can fill they have TV shows on TLC why would they ruin that by getting this million dollar challenge because they know for sure that they are I, I think they absolutely know and I, I disagree with what um, with what DJ said last week when he was saying that, you know, these people, some of these people think that they do it, that he doesn't think that Caputo. I don't think Caputo. I think Caputo knows. Yeah, I, I think Caputo knows, too. It's it's such obvious bullshit. Um, she there's no way she's being there's no way. There's just no way. It's the same. The problem with Caputo, too, is the same script. You can almost fucking recite it yourself right now. Right. Right. It's the same script. It's it's rehearsed. It's a job. It's all that it is. It's just a fucking job. And it's every I mean, it's everybody. And she uses the same language. Spirit told me this or whatever, you know, and it's like it's the same language. And it's all pushing Christianity. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. All Absolutely. of it's pushing yep. Christianity. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So you can't be an atheist psychic. You can't no. do that. Like that's not yeah, a possible. That'd be awesome though. It would be great. Like you're fucking gonna talk to your dead dad. What'd he say? Nothing. <laughs> real quiet, actually. It's real. Hey, Cecil. Hey, Tom. This is Mike again from California. Just want to let you know a daughter. She's kind of like my my second daughter, I guess you can call her. Uh, she just, you know, she adores me, and, you know, I adore her. She's great. And around nine years old, she was asking me one time, hey, Mike, what religion do you believe in? And at that point in my life, I wasn't really uh, super confident in my atheism or what I understood or knew about what I should tell a child that's not mine. Anyway, so I kind of froze. And then, you know, her mom kind of took over saying, well, you know, uh, she believes in something different than we do. That was it. And then that was when she was nine uh, a few years ago. And then now she's 11. And one of my buddies and I, we text each other like really anti-race, anti-religion stuff, because it's funny. Anyways, and so she had my phone. She said, again, he texted me something, whatever, anti-God or whatever. And she read it, and she goes, oh, you don't believe in God? I said, no. And now, because, you know, now I'm not afraid to tell people that I'm an atheist. And she and I go, no. She goes, oh, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> And her mom just flipped her lid. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. I loved it. Anyways, glory hole. And you guys have a good one. Oh, and by the way, it's about 87 degrees here. Ha! Bye. Hey, guys. Glory hole. 
Uh, it was nice to hear after 123 episodes that with the new garage band, you finally found the fucking master volume and figured out how to turn it up. Uh, now I can actually hear you douchebags in my car when I'm driving to work. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite segments on your show is the Google voice transcriptions. I really get a kick out of that. Uh, I'm an ex-pastor, and one of my old church members has taken it upon himself to call my cell phone every morning and pray for me. Well, I didn't have the heart to ask him to stop, so I listened politely every morning half asleep until I figured out how to block his number and send it to voicemail. Well, I have Google Voice set up to transcribe all my voicemails and can read them on my phone. So every morning I get a transcription of his voicemail, and reading those transcriptions has become something I look forward to every day. I want to read you one of those recent transcriptions, and uh, maybe after I do, you'll understand why it's become the highlight of my day. Here you go. Hi, Father. I have a nice song sheet to use, Christian, on behalf of John. Watch over him, project, and see no harm comes of you. Have the strings of the power of doors to keep going on in your name. Hey, kids. Stop there. Hey, with him to listen. The street of your courage. Yang, help him on his way. Your hairy shield of protection around him. (laughs) Sorry. Your hairy shield of protection around him and his family, and she didn't know if she penetrated with them all. Hey, you have their needs. You got the hit. I remain. Bye. I have to die. Yeah, man. There you go. Take it easy, guys, and thanks for the show. So I wanted to make a, a mention of something here real quick. We're actually going to be switching our uh, iTunes to uh, news and politics. It seems like comedy, for some reason, we're getting ranked really low in comedy, and we're not sure why that's happening, even though our downloads are actually higher than they have been for a while. Um, so we're not sure why that is, but uh, but we're going to move moving out of comedy and iTunes. So that means that if you haven't rated us on iTunes, if you haven't taken the time out of it or you haven't taken the time to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, you can just go up to the search bar, search for Cognitive Dissonance. Give us a quick rating if you have a few minutes and and subscribe on iTunes. It just helps our rating and it helps other people see our podcast. So we just love it if you give a chance, give us a chance. Just give us a rating. Give us a subscribe. And uh, and other people get a chance to uh, to endure what you have to go through every week. And Cecil and I really get a kick out of reading the reviews too. Just selfishly, yeah. I yeah. really like reading the reviews. I genuinely enjoy it. So if you write a review, please don't think there's no feedback me- mechanism there. But please don't think that it's being ignored. Um, we read every one of them. I want to mention we got a little bit of shit this week. Um, and some of it might have been a joke. I can't tell because like when people send us stuff on Twitter, I'm just like fucking there's no way to emote that. So I don't know. Well, you so could if throw somebody's them in being jail. snarky, what's that? You could throw them in jail. I could just you could just yeah. send them. The, I'll just call the Saudi Arabian vice squad to come give them a hug. There you go. Um, <laughs> it's a hug that winds you up in jail. Right. I just I don't know if somebody's being snarky or if they're really being, you know, actually, you know, just playing around with us. So I can't tell. But we got a bunch of shit about not knowing what the order Ordo Templari or whatever the fuck it is. Who fuck cares? A fucking made up organization that, you know, is like some Masonic lodge where people drink shit out of big horns or something. And then <laughs> and then the other thing is, is like Baphomet, Boba Fett or whatever he is. Like that is like a demon or something like sure so it is. There's no like demon. It's, it's, it's a demon because somebody said it's a demon and there's right. a Wikipedia article on yeah. it. Who cares? But it's still a fucking demon, which means it doesn't exist. Right. 
And there's no reason to spend time learning the names of all these fictional characters. Right. I mean, there really isn't. Like, I know, like, you know, we've we've had this, we've had people level this at, at us before that, like, we're not, you know, if you don't know everything about it, you really shouldn't be making fun of it. No, I, I disagree. Like, it's that's nonsense. Um, demons are fucking bullshit. They're just bullshit. It's a silly fucking concept. They're not real. No one's ever proven one. If you want to get fucking Baphomet on the phone, like if he's sure available, I'll fucking yeah. chat with the motherfucker. But until then, he's just some shit made up out of whole cloth out of somebody's imagination. Right. That's all it, that that is. It's, it's you know, get him on the phone or get Voldemort on the phone. I yeah, don't care. Right. You know what I mean? They're both fucking fictional characters. Boba Fett, Baphomet, right. whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, they're just both fictional characters. And just because I know I don't know these fictional characters doesn't mean I somehow have a less knowledge of the world, I guess. Or I'm not as big, good a skeptic because I didn't know who this particular demon was who gives a fuck like i i don't know the li- there's a list of demons like a fucking huge list i don't know all the fucking Cthulian mythos either like i know cthulhu and azatoth okay well does that make me less of a hp lovecraft fan because i didn't know haster the unspeakable who cares <laughs> look it just replace anytime you feel like saying that like just replace the name of the demon or the made-up bullshit with darth vader right just replace it and then yeah. say the same thing again and say like, well, is that more or less plausible or is it the same amount of implausible? I guarantee it's the same amount of implausible. Yeah. And are you stupider for not knowing who Lestat is instead of Darth Vader? Right. You know, like you just read a different book, watch yeah. a different thing. You, you, you used a different medium, right? You watched a movie instead of read a book or watch. You could watch two movies. Lestat's in a movie for crying out who loud. Who cares? It's all fiction. And it's all fiction, it's all made up, and it doesn't matter if we don't know it. So take that, the audience. <laughs> I know, God. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a try to get a couple of guests on. The first thing we want to mention is that we're going to try to get Mike on from Skeptic's Guide to Conspiracy. Uh, we're going to be talking to him hopefully in the next couple of days and see if we can get him on uh, for a short interview and to talk a little bit about conspiracies. Because Tom and I love conspiracies. We're, that's like one of our favorite things. Um we're also talking to Adam. Uh, Adam does the Herd Men pa- Mentality podcast, and we're going to try to get Adam on our show. And Adam actually asked us to be on his show. We're going to try to set something up there. We'll keep you posted on that. And then we're also in talks with Sean Faircloth, who has been on the show before, but Sean has a brand new, uh, brand new thing that he's trying to talk about. So we're going to we're going to plan to try to get Sean on the show in the near future. And then also in the next, probably in the early next year, we're going to try to have Ross from Skeptically Challenged on our show. We're actually going to be on Skeptically Challenged. At least it's in the planning stages right now. In December, sometime we're hopefully going to be on a, uh, a show with Ross and Geo from Geologic. So it would be interesting to have a whole sort of, it'll be like a party line phone call from like the 90s. Yeah, it should it should be a lot of fun. That I think that show I'm looking forward to doing that show. Um, that should be a lot of fun. Um, we're pretty guest heavy coming up through the next several weeks, so uh, that's good for you. Yeah, it's less of us. Yeah, it's less of us. You're happy about it. Everybody's happy about it. We got a, a great email, and I just want to say thank you to Hannah. Hannah sent us a message and said, "Hey, Tom and Cecil, are you guys okay? I heard a tornado rip through your area." 
Um, she doesn't know if she's anywhere near us, but she's watching the news and she, uh, you know, she's she's hoping we're OK. So thank you, Hannah, for saying that I'm in Chicago, actual Chicago proper. Tom is a, a little bit outside of Chicago and it didn't come anywhere near us. But this is a good time to remember to uh, if you have a little extra cash, throw some money at the Red Cross, uh, the the organizations that go out and help the people who were uh, who were both injured and lost their homes in uh, Washington, Illinois uh, this last week. So um, there was total devastation in that city and many other cities. And the Red Cross has been all over that. So if you have some extra cash this week and you want to help some folks in the plains of Illinois, throw some money at the Red Cross. I know it's going to go to a good cause. Yeah, and I would say that if you're um, one of the listeners who's been thinking about donating some money that, you know, and this week, maybe you were going to pull the trigger, um, pull the trigger to the Red Cross. That's that's what we'd like you to do. Um, but we really would appreciate that if you do that, um, you know, you're helping out people who need it a hell of a lot more than Cecil and I do. Yeah. And there's also the people from the monsoon too. Right. Um, not monsoon. What is it? They call it it's a typhoon, typhoon friend, monsoon, yeah. typhoon. Yeah. Um, those people also need help. So, you know, obviously money that goes to doctors without borders and other things. That is also another great way to spend your cash. Don't spend it on us. That's no reason on that. Just take that money that you were going to donate to the show and donate to them. Tom, we got an e- interesting email um, just entitled, What's the End Game? Yeah, I'm going to read the uh, the last portion of it. It says, I love your comedic criticism, and I don't want your show to become academic. <laughs> no chance of that. Yeah, no kidding. But guests such as Peter Bogazian, who gave great advice about engaging religious zealots in conversation, made me feel the podcast is more than just ridicule. Am I wrong? What is the end game? Um, I don't think you're wrong. I think the podcast is more than just ridicule. Um, it's ridicule and juvenile humor. You know, <laughs> so we like to Incessant be multi-dimensional. Right. No, there's laughing too. That's true. We laugh. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you fart. That, so there's farting. Sometimes. Yeah. Most times you're farting. Right. The, you're if, farting right now. I hear the rumble. If, I can if hear anytime yeah. you turn on that new microphone, Tom is wonderful for picking up those farts too. It just gets that bassy resonance that you have, just like that. Somebody's boom, listening to our show and their trunk is rattling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, what's the I end game? I, th- I don't know, yeah. Cecil. What's the end game? When do we yeah, stop? What? I, how do we know? I don't when think we win? there is an end game. I mean, I think the end game is when you and I get done, get sick of talking to each other, which hasn't happened in 20 years, yeah. or we get tired of recording that conversation. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are stuck with us for a yeah, long for, time. I mean, for a little while, at least until, you know, we get so busy that it's impossible to do. But, yeah. you know, I mean, at this point, that's there's nothing in the horizon that's coming up that would make that a uh, no. thing. So I just think, it, you know, the end game also isn't like, I mean, neither of us is going to run for office. Right. We can't. No, so, that's not a possibility. You know, I mean, the thing not, is, I mean, uh, I don't know what else there is. Yeah. What do you take podcasting to the next level and it's like super duper podcasting? I don't know. It's, you know, we've already structured our lives and we've been doing this show 126 episodes, but we did another show for four years. Yeah. You know, or or longer. So we've structured our lives around doing this show and something we both enjoy. So the end game will be, I don't know, when podcasting just isn't a thing. When that's like. As ridiculous as cassette tapes, probably. Who right. knows? That's when you stop. Right. Or we stop. You know, to be honest, I think the time we stop is when uh, there's no more news items. Right. When we yeah. when we look at the paper and there's no, there's nothing like what we read this week. There is no person out there who's saying that you're going to get AIDS from a condom or something. Right. Wouldn't that you know? be great? Yeah, I mean, that'd just... be great. And I'll be happy to stop. Right. 
when that's not a case. But, you know, as long as that happens, then there's not going to be. You also say here, Randy, you say um, uh, that I have often said I've never read the Quran. Also, Tom has never read the Quran either. It says my thought is with so much content heavily weighted on pointing out the asinine theology of the Islamic hate system, wouldn't it be stronger position to say I have read the Quran to some extent? Um, I, you know, for one, I don't like I don't want to take the time out to read it. But secondly, I don't think that, you know, basing your belief system on a book of magic holds any weight, what, whatever that book says. Yeah, um, it, you know, replace Koran with any other book, like replace Koran. So, so take away this idea that we should respect holy books, because it's nonsense, um, and say, okay, well, what if I said that um, I was going to uh, subjugate my wife because um, of something that I read in Huck Finn? That would be a stupid thing to say. That would be a mean-spirited, cruel thing to say. Now, if you criticize me for that, you don't have to read Huck Finn. You can say, hey, your justification that you gave, you told me that's why you did it. I'm not ascribing this to you. You came out and said, based on my reading of Huck Finn, I'm going to subjugate my wife. I'm going to beat my wife and you know, make her feel less than. Um, well, I'm open for criticism. I've given you my rationale. I told you my reason. Yeah. Um, You don't have to go out and read Huck Finn to come at me and say, hey, man, that's a fucking horrible idea. You're you're justifying our heinous act with there's no way to justify a heinous act. Yeah. And I also think, Tom, one of the things is, is like there was a guy who said something about critics, like you're not supposed to get down and roll around in the mud with them. I feel like if you start splitting hairs about what it says in the Quran, you're rolling around in the mud with them. You're allowing that book into the conversation as it as if it means something um, and and as if it had some sort of importance. I feel the same way about the Bible. If somebody's going to start quoting Bible verses at me, I'll be like, look, what do you just want me to read Harry Potter to you? You know, because yeah, right? it's, it's the same. It's just fiction like that is that's just a fiction. And if I carry that around and start telling you about the fucking Sorcerer's Stone instead of you telling me about the fucking Sermon on the Mount, I think they're equally the fucking e- equally works of fiction. So you're not you and I aren't going to get there. Let's just do what Peter Bogazian says, which is let's talk about faith. Let's talk about faith. Not Let's not talk about the Bible. Let's not talk about religion. Let's talk about faith. How did you get there? How does your brain get there? How do you know things? That's the that's the way in which to talk to people, I think. I don't think that, you know, bringing up the Bible or the Quran is a way in which to, you know, I mean, that's just my personal view. You know, you may have a different view. You may want to read the Quran and be able to, you know, do that sort of um point by point arguing. And I don't, I don't disagree if somebody does that. I just don't have, I just, that's just tedious to me. Well, and and that's an, that's an anti-apologetics issue. Right. Um, And I think you'll notice that this show doesn't take on apologetics at all. Like we're not anti-apologetics in in our scope. Like that's not what we do. So we're actually not, we don't attack theology. I don't think Cecil and I have ever really attacked theology. I think what we always seek to do is find news stories because we, we want to talk about people. We want to talk about events. We want to talk about ethics. We want to talk about moral codes. We want to talk about uh, rationale for making decisions. Those are the things right. that interest, I think, Cecil and I. Yeah, um, and, the, and the show we did about uh, apologetics or whatever was just us reading the revelations and laughing about how dumb it was. Right. That's not. It was we, just, we weren't attacking, and like people said, we weren't attacking some of these scholarly arguments about what it was. No. We just thought it was hilarious that fucking locusts had armor. And as we were very clear— that shit was a filler show so that you could go on vacation, Cecil. Yeah. 
It's very true. Tom, we got a great email from Matt from Australia. Uh, he said, uh, DJ made me realize you guys are not the honest, self-deluded podcasters. You're the switch and bait gypsy kind. Promising <laughs> guests for weeks, then delivering occasionally. Teasing us with a bit of an interview, then making us listen to the rest of the show to hear the rest of it. Luckily, I'm as dedicated to the show as Tom. And it's too much effort to click fast forward or unsubscribe. <laughs> ends his email with Jake Land. He's <laughs> Matthew from Jake Land. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's very true. Tell Jake we said hello. We haven't talked to that ba- that magnificent bastard in a while. If you haven't ever listened to Jake's show, the Imaginary Friend show is a great show. So that you guy should is listen fantastic. to it. He's, he's such a, a hoot. funny dude, and he's got a great fucking voice. He yeah, really he does. does. He's a he's a ravishingly handsome gentleman. <laughs> um, we got a bunch of different responses about uh, people having. Uh, people interacting with a religious ceremony, Tom, and we got a specific letter from Ben. We did, and Ben's Ben's letter was uh, it was very interesting, and he had some comments, and he had some questions, and he was actually actually seeking some feedback. So, Ben, what I what we would encourage you to do is to just copy and paste this and post it as a comment on our on our web page. Um, just go to dissonancepod.com, go to the uh, comment section for the show. Post it. Just copy the whole damn thing. Post it in there. That's that's what that section is for. You'll you'll find that people will engage you on that site. Um, if you don't want to do that, take it to the Facebook page um, and yeah. do that. That's yeah. another great avenue to get some, you know, some feedback on these things. Another place to do this is there's a group, um, a, a Google Plus group that's actually quite active. Um, called irreverent skeptics it used to be called ink zone or something like that they had a big long list of podcasts they were basically it was a pot a group of people who really enjoyed irreverent skeptic podcasts and then they just changed the name to irreverent skeptics and you can find that i'll actually post a link to the group for this episode of uh, Cognitive Dissonance, episode 126. Uh, and now, like I said, it's called Irreverent Skeptics, and it's a Google Plus group. So if you do get into Google Plus, and I think that the format is great, and the people there, there's a there's a group of people there. Some of them are um, less impressive than others. There's like a misogynist who's sort of frequenting the boards now, which is kind of annoying. But there's other people there that are very, very uh, intelligent guys and uh, girls, and they really have a lot to say. And uh, some of the some of the discussion there, I think, is worthwhile. And they're all snarky and funny too, so it's actually worthwhile. So you might want to post that there. That seems like a good place to post it too. I think a lot of people would really respond to it. We got an email from Todd, and Todd uh, talks about how he started listening to the show and uh and how we sort of have grown he's talks uh, he, he really is just a big long glory hole email and we want to thank todd todd master's degree in oriental medicine practice acupuncture and chinese medicine that yeah. is amazing that somebody who does that or did that listens to us i'm amazed you know what i'm, I'm honestly amazed at the um intellectual honesty that it takes to spend that kind of time and that kind of money pursuing something and then pulling out of that, you know, yeah. and, and deciding because, you know, the natural inclination is for you to buttress your um, your efforts, your resource expenditure, oh, yeah. you know, to say, hey, I spent all this time, yeah. all this money. I'm going to uh, find ways to prove that that was not a worthless venture. Yep. Um, so for you to have moved into becoming a skeptic after having. Um, poured all of that research, resource and energy into 
um, you know, this nonsense or whatever is, I, I think it's genuinely impressive and it's to your credit and I applaud you for it. Yeah. I mean, if your BMW is a lemon, you're still going to talk about how great it is. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We got an email from a person by the name of Troy and Troy has a, uh, has a venture called the secular safe house and secular safe house is a safe refuge. I'm reading directly from their website for those coming out of religion cults, uh, and also coming out as uh, LGBTQ. What's the Q? Is that questioning? Is that what that is? I don't know. I didn't know there what, was a Q What's the Q that? at the end? LGBTQ? I'm not sure. I mean, it's just going to be I'm the sure whole alphabet shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. So Secular Safe House, I'm going to put a link to Secular Safe House on our on our website on this episode of uh, of dissonance of cognitive dissonance at dissonancepod.com episode 126 so go there if you if you're interested in finding out more about secular safe house it's a great uh, idea so good luck to you troy i hope it works out and i hope you uh, i hope you wind up getting the funding and things you need yeah i, I think i think this is uh this is needed so um, you know, if, if anybody is out there listening and they do feel, and I know we've gotten emails about this and they do feel yeah. like they're alone and they do feel like they're, um, you know, like the only one in their area, I guarantee you're not the only one in your area. Right. You're just not, um, you're not alone. You, you just have to find your way out of that shit. And I think resources like secular safe house are, are vital to that, to that cause. We got an email from Danny and Danny said he wanted to recommend a podcast called the church of awesome. It's former LDS members turned atheists that uses mush. He says much, but it's much profane language as you do. So that sounds great. Uh, the, uh, the church of awesome. I've never heard the podcast, but, uh, but we hope you go check it out. Um, I'm sure they're findable on iTunes. So as we said, next week, we're going to try to get a guest on. We're not going to promise anything, but we're going to do our best. And uh, and hopefully we'll have a guest for you. Um, if not, you'll just have to deal with another show like today, which is one of those shows you just fast forward through. Right. And we get it. We understand. Skip. We Skip. get it. We get it. <laughs> um, but uh, but until next week, uh, we leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.
I'm on. I am on. Got to do the Christmas thing because we just played a Christmas song. Cecil, I don't know about you. Not, well, what about this is cognitive dissonance? dissonance? What about fucking this is... Tom, get it together. 126 episodes. This. Get it together, Tom. <laughs> I was so moved. You were. You were ready to go. You're like, Christmas songs. Man. I love Christmas songs. You actually hate Christmas songs. I hate songs. Christmas songs. <laughs> I loathe them. Do you like Christmas at all? No. Uh, I like it now that I have a kid, but I only right. like Christmas Day. I enjoy oh, okay. Christmas Day. All of the associated shit that leads up to Christmas, like the forced goodwill and the festive I love it. cheer. Oh, I love it. it makes me I love it. It's like it's like nails on a chalkboard. Oh god. I love walking into a store in That's my most you know, hated. like like fucking I don't even know, like let's just say Michigan Avenue even. Like and it's crowded and there's tons of people and they're walking down the street and it's like <laughs> snowing out good. and I'll walk into like wherever the fuck it doesn't even matter like Nike Town or some stupid store like that and I'll walk in and it'll be like sleigh bells ring and I'll be like fucking I'll be singing along no. be like sleigh bells fucking ring no. bitches I no. love it I love it so much it's 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 really because I I'm I just remember really shitty Christmases growing up and it's like. It's exciting now. I'm like, this is great. I love the, we go like watch the ice skaters and oh, I just love Christmas season. The whole next month's going to be glorious. Ugh. I just, it's going to be great. Just get me to the 25th. Just get me to the, <laughs> just catapult just, me from Black Friday uh, to Christmas Eve. <laughs> I just, I hate it is too strong. I've come to tolerate it, but like, yeah, the look of all that Fucking gaudy ass garland and plastic oh, shit it. everywhere, coating yeah, people's great. lawns and the fucking everlasting smiles painted on the goddamn reindeer makes me just want to puke. I hate it. I'm such a humbug. You're, so, you're such a dick. I'm you know such that? a humbug. It's terrible. <laughs> you're awesome. There's gonna be a fucking okay. Ghosts don't exist. Forget <laughs> it. I was gonna say gonna, <laughs> there's gonna be three ghosts. I'm just gonna be like, gonna be like what? Fucking ever, dude. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. I'm shaking this chain, bitches. <laughs> be like, look at your future. It's like, have you seen the size of me? I don't have a future. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the ghost. Like, I'm going to die eating a hot dog next year. <laughs> it's like the ghost shows up at midnight and you're like, it's the, like the ghost of future is like tapping his watch. He's like, we only got till 1230. You guys got to like, look. <laughs> Past the, yeah, the ghost is just like, yeah, I would come here to try to change your mind, but there's you don't have a chance. Right? You just don't have a chance. We got to talk about your cholesterol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of future has like one of those big ass fucking reflector things like the doctor and like a stethoscope. She's like, sorry, man. This is a rough fucking year for you. Like, I can't believe I got assigned to this guy. <laughs> I'm going to use my sickle to get the cholesterol out of your fucking veins. Like, looks up, like, really? What's the point? What are we here for? Yeah. 